Good morning and welcome to Jew in the City Speaks with your host, Allison Josephs, also known as Jew in the City. We're doing something a little different today. We are actually recording a live episode. No one is nervous here. I'm not nervous. You're not nervous. Um, we have uh, an exciting guest that we were having trouble grabbing because she is busy planning a conference um, for a really incredible organization called the Jewish Women's Entrepreneur Network. And we're speaking to the program coordinator, Abby Wallen. Abby, thank you for joining us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. So we've known Abby for a long time. You may know Abby from the Not Too Shabby brand. Abby is an artiste and a entrepreneur and has built a very successful business in her own right. Um, and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you started off as a participant of the JWE, the Jewish Women's Entrepreneur Network, and now have gotten involved um, actually working for the organization. Am I correct? Yeah. So they started back in, I think, 2011, um, just when I was starting out in my business. And I remember asking Chaya, um, I saw that she was putting together this or this conference and I asked her, I said, um, do you think I should come? Uh, you know, tell me a little bit more about it. And she said, Abby, what is it exactly that you need? Like, what is holding you back from growing your business? And I said, listen, I have, you know, I've, I've started a, a successful wholesale business. I'm manufacturing, I'm selling to stores. Well, tell the us what you do. Tell, tell that's holding us, me yeah, back right now. We, we just give a, give a little more example to our listeners about what if they haven't heard of Not Too Shabby. I'm sorry, what? Oh, explain to our listeners what, what, what you do at Not Too Shabby, what, what the business is, what the success is. Oh, so Not Too Shabby actually is sold. It's gone now, but it used to be I was a manufacturer of hand-painted glassware, tabletop and serveware. So I sold wholesale. Um, I started the company on my dining room table, and then I sold to um, retailers and on to uh, and on my website. Um, I used social media. That was a huge way that I grew my business. Um, and um, I went from my dining room table to out into a um, into a retail location, into a studio space, and then from five stores to ten stores to ninety accounts all throughout the United States and Canada. But Wow. That story is completely surrounded and encapsulated by the JWE because when Chaya asked me, what is it that's Chaya, stifling this is Chaya, your business? Chaya Fishman, the, the founder of the JWE. Correct. Yes. Chaya. She said to me, what is it exactly that's holding you back? And I told her capital. She said, you're going to come to the conference and I'm going to get you a meeting with Zisha Novoseller from EPI. He has $25,000 of interest-free loans hmm. to women who are growing their businesses. It wow. was there that I brought a PL, I brought my balance sheet, I showed him what I'm doing. He said, You are the perfect candidate for us. And I ended up getting a loan through EPI because of the JWE, because of that introduction. The JWE conference gives women entrepreneurs the opportunity to connect and to network with women that would not necessarily would not necessarily have the opportunity to do. Um, this year I'm so I mean, I guess because of my own industry, I am the most excited to meet, you know, Chaya Krinsky from Top Furniture and Barry Erber from Barry Lynn Accessories. Both of them are selling masks. They're manufacturing. These people I would never have had access to whatsoever. And there are women who are thanking me daily for, you know, there's Saki Dodelson, who's one of our speakers this year. She's in the tech space. Um, you know, uh, I, I could just go on and on about all of the different speakers. We have Juice by Julie, who are food manufacturers. Um, and these are all, these are all Orthodox women. These are all Orthodox women who are selling, who are making multiple million dollars of sales a year while keeping to their observancy and their Jewish values. 
So let's go, like, go backwards now before we speak more about the conference, which we'll do. So let's talk first about um, how this came to be. I mean, just sort of, you know, going back to what we do with Jew in the City, I think a lot of people have um, an idea that Orthodox women aren't allowed to work, or Orthodox women can't be boss ladies. Um, and this, you know, entity, this organization kind of shatters all of those uh, pre preconceived notions. So um, back when uh, the JWE was founded in 2011, do you know sort of the backstory of when, why, how um, Chaya Fishman decided that this was something that needed to happen? So I can't speak for Chaya because she's not here. And I, and I would love to, one day, I would love to just get into her brain um, and download it into mine. Um, but she started the organization because she felt that there wasn't enough women um, connecting and there wasn't enough education for women entrepreneurs. And um, she really wanted to just connect us all and grow a community around our demographic of women. It is a very interesting space because Orthodox women in general, especially if they're entrepreneurs, are balancing a very different space than most other entrepreneurs because we do have um, larger families. We do have many opportunities that we have to do entertaining um, mm -hmm. between Shabbos and the holidays. And that life, the, the work-life balance is a very unique situation for a lot of us. And so she wanted to create a conference that was specifically geared to Jewish women entrepreneurs that wasn't, that wasn't done in the past. And it was something that she really, really believed in. She, was, she started it while she was in law school. Mm -hmm. um, because she was inspired by all of these women that she had started to meet. Um, and um, from there, she did not realize, she thought that she was just going to put together a conference. She didn't realize that she was going, it was going to be much bigger than her. Mm -hmm. The conference and the community uh, basically grew, you know, um, as uh, in business, Allison, usually what happens is, is that you have proof of concept yeah. and then you start gaining um, then you start getting customers. Right. What happened was is that, and you start, and you build a business around that. What happened was is that the opposite happened here. We had an idea, no proof of concept. We just put together a conference. Mm -hmm. The community shot, like became 200, 300, 400, 500, 700 women. It just mm -hmm. grew so fast. And um, we, I don't think anyone was prepared for that growth. Hmm. And there were there were conferences and resources for male entrepreneurs when the JWE started. Is that correct? Correct. They, there's um, a few opportunities. Um, I know that there was TribeWorks just happened in October, mm -hmm. um, and there are multiple times throughout the year that I have seen entre uh, entrepreneur conferences for, for men. And the thing is that for, for men, TribeWorks is for men and women. Mm -hmm. um, I would say that a very small fraction of women came to that because I was there. You know, and I think, um, you know, I've, I'm a natural entrepreneur as well. My grandfather uh, came from Europe and built a, a business, cigar business, not so popular nowadays, but meaning that was sort of always in my blood. I watched my father build a business. Uh, he is a full-time doctor and he helped build um, a vitamin company on the side. So um, I've always sort of had that entrepreneurial spirit. So this definitely speaks to me, but I think that there's less women in general, not just Orthodox women, but less women in general that are entrepreneurs. Does that seem like the, am I correct in that? I'm saying, do you have any sort of sense of the numbers? I'm just thinking like based on Shark Tank. 
No, there is, oh, it happens to be that it's much more common than you would assume because what I find, especially now that I'm a, I, you know, I've transitioned out of really growing my, well, how, try this again. I sold my, I sold my company, my Abby Wolin company. Um, and I don't do the manufacturing, the hand painting anymore. I just do, do the designing. And so what I, I've learned recently is that I have a, a serious amount of information to help other women grow and start their businesses. And so what ended up happening was, is that, um, I started teaching women how to, to do it successfully because if I could mitigate their loss or mitigate the amount of mistakes that they could make by growing their business, I could really, really help these women. And so what I've learned recently in the last year since helping these women is that a lot of them went into professional jobs um, because it worked with their schedule, because they had children, young children, or because that's what their parents told them to do. And what ended up happening was, is that it's A, not paying enough of their bills, and B, it's not something that they're interested in. So what do they do? They take their hobby, mm -hmm. or they have an interest, and they create the side hustle on the, on their side, on the side. Mm -hmm. And then that side hustle starts to overrun them. They never went to official business school, so they don't know how to run a business efficiently. Right. And they just think that if they can get more eyeballs to see their product or their service, then they'll be great and they'll have a business. And that is not at all how you run a business. That's not how you get successful. Um, and so there are a lot of women entrepreneurs. I think also, by the way, it's very in our society as of now, I would say entrepreneurship, especially women entrepreneurship is, is glorified. People think, oh, if I have my own job, then I don't have to answer to a boss. I can make my own, I can make my own hours and I can take care of my kids. Well, what ends up happening is, is that it starts to overrun you if you're not properly prepared for it. And if you're not educated enough to be a successful entrepreneur. Totally. Um, what about the demographic of the women that you're serving? So the JWE is serving the Orthodox female population, but um, from what communities are you getting participants? Um, I would say that most of the participants that are coming are from the tri-state area. There are a bunch of women flying in from Israel and from the West mm. Coast, from mm. Miami, from Canada. We have a few Montreal women. Um, Chicago is coming. Um, so we do have people who are flying in. The demographic, although it is Orthodox, um, we do, we do not discriminate. Um, so we can, you know, what, what's beautiful about the JWE is that you will sit at a table on your right will be somebody who's wearing, you know, a spitzel who's Hasidish. And on the left-hand side, you have somebody who is modern Orthodox, you know, not covering her hair and wearing pants. That's, that is what the JWE conference is. I've seen it multiple times from going to their conferences. Um, and I think it's something that's really beautiful that, um, the walls just come down and everyone's yeah. just a woman who's trying to grow their business. And would you say there's one um, sort of uh, demographic that's more represented? Or is there more Hasidim? Is it more modern Orthodox? Is it just like a, a full mix? No, I, no, I think it's just like a whole mix. I can't mm -hmm. tell you. I wouldn't be able to tell you more or less because, you know, it's funny. It's like, how do we, like, how do you stand out, right? It's with the way that you're dressed or the clothes or your, your accent or, you know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like yeah. those... Um, but I, I think that it's just mostly just, we have women who come from Lakewood. We have women who come from Muncie. We have women who come from, you know, the five towns. It's, it, it, it's, it's also a matter of word of mouth. Whoever yeah. tells their friends, come, come. So, you know, so you're we, serving the, 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 how many people are you, are you, how many women are you expecting at the conference? 
So this year we can only, our capacity is, is uh, 300, the 300 women. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's because it's at the Williamsburg Hotel. Mm-hmm. So the conference is capped at 300. Um, of that number, we have 100 VIPs mm-hmm. um, who will have actual direct access one-on-one to our speakers and um, our speaker and panelists at a VIP experience. And then we have an after party mm-hmm. um, for, you know, part, one of the things that I felt very strongly about this year was, first of all, you need some downtime. Right. And second of all, there are a lot of women who want to grow their businesses who are in a job currently um, mm-hmm. and they can't get off of work. And also there are women who, um, you know, don't have all, don't have tons of money and this is an easier, you know, a, a less expensive um, option. So we have at the, the evening event, we have an after party where all, you know, the speakers, panelists, everybody will be there and it's just a networking event. Um, I would also like to say is, is, is that, and I think that you can say the same, you might agree with me, Allison here. Um, but, you know, we see these people on social media or we hear about their businesses or we go into their stores or we know about their stores and we've already created these ideas in our head about who they are and what they represent. Mm -hmm. And the minute you meet them face to face, like all of those preconceived notions are completely shattered. Like, and you Mm -hmm. start to create actually actual real relationships that are, that could really be something that changes your life forever. Mm -hmm. And I wanted the after party to be that I wanted people to actually meet people face to face. Mm-hmm. Um, so that they could really get to know them as opposed to just being in the conference on a stage. So just like trying to, I'm sort of thinking about, you know, how we try to show our, you know, success, you know, through our programming. So let's just say, so what, what are the programs that the JWE runs? They do the conference and there's also mentorship that happens throughout the year. Is that, am I correct on that? Yes. Yeah, so we've, we've had a mentorship um, program, uh, programming in the past. We are going to be revamping it and it's going to be coming back out in June. It's okay. a one-on-one mentorship. So, um, and part of our mentorship program will be that, um, and this is what I'm advocating very strongly for, <laughs> if you want to know behind the scenes, um, but that not only um, all of our mentors have to also be mentees. Mm-hmm. So if you choose to be a mentor um, through the organization, you also have to be a mentee. Mm-hmm. And we will hook you up um, within your industry. I think, you know, that's something that's very important. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, so we have the mentorship program. We also have um, various webinars. We will have two. One of them is on bootstrapping and how to self-fund your own business. That will be with Suri Sukherman. Mm-hmm. And we will also be having another one with SD Rand um, about marketing. And that one's going to be in June. I think it's June 4th. Mm-hmm. We also have um, our board of directors, Khagit Levayev, Toby Moskowitz, and Ariella Eskenazi, they will be having um, um, intimate brunches at their various offices. And Ariella's will be the first one, and that will be June 17th, I believe, at her um, Ariella and Associates, her headquarters in Manhattan. Um, she is, uh, by the way, the I guess the biggest retailer or manufacturer, um, private label of intimate and um, intimate wear for women. She has, uh, she private labels 60 million garments a year under hmm. her brand. Um, and um, what, what's the one brand of them called? is like Fruit of the Loom. What? what what's the brand called? Um, her, it's called Ariella Associates, but she private labels. So like all of the intimate apparel that's in Kohl's is hers. Walmart. Oh, wow. um, she has Fruit of the Loom. That's one of her labels. 
Oh, she cool. is one of your all-stars, by the way. You should definitely have her one here. All right, Arielle, you've been nominated officially by Abby Wollen. Um, yes, and, and not only that, by the way, she has eight children. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, she wears a shaitel to work. She has three three floors in mid-Manhattan, and 30, 34th and Broadway, I think, 35th and Broadway. Something so like she's that. basically yeah. an underachiever is what you're trying to say. Yes, yeah, slightly, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, and what about, so, and so she's not a success story. She's one of your mentors. She's one of the people that come here. Can you tell us about some success stories from the, the organization? Um, I mean, I, I don't know them. Chaya would have, Chaya would be way more, way more uh, the person to talk about this. I don't really know that many because I was just hired like a few, I was literally hired in November to run their conference. To be perfectly honest with you, Allison, like my own personal success story is is through the JWE. I would not be who I am, where I am, being able to grow, scale, and then sell my business um, without without um, without her. Like there, there's just no way. With that connection, I was able to really. Um, I do, got do the entrepreneur's to, dream to, to, to sell to sell the business is every entrepreneur's dream according to Shark Tank. So tell us, yeah. so then, all right? So then, then go into the Abby Wallen success story. So you got your twenty five thousand dollar interest free loan, and then what happened after that? What what did that you know? So make? I used that money to get a studio. I got out of my basement. I got into a studio, um, and I then. Um, I then went from five five wholesale accounts to about ninety throughout the United States and Canada, and I was selling. Basically, I was an artist. I would sell. I would hand paint on glassware, and I would paint um, bowls, pitchers, cake domes, salad bowls, those things. What happened was is that um, my stores loved it. They loved the fact that I was here local. I wasn't in China, um, and they could literally get whatever they wanted. The problem was is that that was making me slightly crazy because on Thursday, I like, you know, let's say by Wednesday, Thursday, I got them their order. Sunday, they were completely sold out. And I'm not talking wow. about, oh, I gave them three pieces. I'm talking I gave them like, you know, seven, seven to eight boxes filled hmm. with, you know, tons of items. Wow. Um, and they were completely sold out by Monday asking me for more stuff. And I and that was just going on a bottom pile of 10 or 15 more orders for other stores. Hmm. And so I said, I, you know, and I met with a b- bunch of mentors and they all said, Abby, there's no way you're going to grow this business if everything is relying on you to paint. You right. can't, you've got to scale it. Yeah. So, um, I, um, what I decided was, is I, I, I took a step back. I went on Instagram, <laughs> I went on Instagram, I went on stories and I basically just said, listen, I, I thought I was going to just close up my shop, but you're going to watch me. We're going to go through a 90 day business challenge. I'm going to challenge myself to change my business. I don't know what it's going to look like in 90 days, but you're with me, mm-hmm. you know, like you're going to be my cheerleaders. And so, um, for the next 90 days, I challenged myself to change. I, figured out a recipe um, that no one else figured out how to marbleize glass. Hmm. Um, glass is actually a very, very, very hard um, surface to adhere to anything. And especially if you want to be able to wash it and put it in the dishwasher, it, 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 it's virtually impossible. Mm-hmm. And um, I figured something out um, and I ended up being able to teach my workers in my studio and I got out of the business. So that gave me more time to then scale it, meaning I was able to then get into more stores. I was able to then, you know, do more, you know, it was more sales and, you know, getting a better handle on my business because I was not in it. Mm -hmm. I was working 
on it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and so then people started to ask me, oh my God, how did you do it? I want to do it too. Help me, help me. And so I created the 30 day business challenge, which helps them do the same thing inside of their own business. Mm-hmm. And then what ended up happening was I decided that um, profits would be much higher if I got the manufacturing out of my studio and into an actual facility that can do it. And so mm-hmm. I ended up um, hooking up or partnering so when I sell selling my businesses, I now have a partnership with Waterdale, which is the number one lucite company. Mm-hmm. Um, they do all, manufacture, um, so they do all the manufacturing distributing for me, and I do all the designing, hmm. um, which is what I love doing. I love doing just the designing. And now I, what I do is I create relationships with other manufacturers, doing um, a design for them, and I end up getting, as you say, Shark Tank, I love Mr. Wonderful. I get royalty <laughs> deals on every single design that I make. That's so, really awesome. um, that I is how I, that's how I scaled my business. And, and, and in turn, I mentor women and I help them grow their businesses. It's really incredible. Um, I, think, I feel like to be, um, I mean, you know, my, my business is nonprofit. Um, but I really feel blessed to, I wake up every day and I do what I love. Um, and it's such a wonderful thing. Like on one hand, um, it's terrifying because, um, there's so much that relies on the shoulders of the entrepreneur and if you don't make the sale or, you know, find the right donor, in my case, um, it could all shut down. So that's like a little bit terrifying, but um, there's something so exciting about, I don't know, just like you could, it could just be as big as you build it. Um, and there's something really so exciting about that. We have about uh, seven minutes left. Can we go through the speakers a little more? Cause you mentioned a bunch of names. So we, we talked about the lady behind the underwear, um, who's the <laughs> private label. But, um, it's really a modest way. She doesn't even have her name on the underwear privately labeled. Um, who else yeah. are speakers? If you could give us like a little bit of a bio for this upcoming conference. It's May 14th. It's uh, in the Williamsburg Hotel. You can sign up um, at the jewishwomenentrepreneur.org for the conference. So tell us a few more, a little bit more about the speakers that people can meet. Okay, sure. Um, okay, who do we have? We have Chagit Levayev is our keynote speaker. Chagit is a, um, she is the daughter of Lev Levayev, the mm. diamond, the diamond okay. mogul, I guess. Um, they have a bunch of real estate holdings um, and investments, and she takes care of the American or the U.S. arm of their organization, yeah, of their company. Um, she is a super powerful superhuman uh, being. Um, she is going to be the keynote speaker. She was going to be talking about the life of a JWE um, mm-hmm. and the balance and the struggle and the and the rewards. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have Toby Moskowitz, who actually is the owner of the Williamsburg Hotel. In 2008, she was a real estate agent and a, I think she did investments. And um, um, she noticed that in 2008, the, the real estate market in Williamsburg went down, you know, it went down. And so she bought a, up a bunch of buildings in, in there. And um, the rejuvenation of Williamsburg is really due to, a lot to her wow. and her insight. Um, and so the Williamsburg Hotel is actually owned by Toby Moskowitz. She will, um, and that is why the conference is there. She's one of our board of directors. Um, okay, so who is speaking? Um, so we have different panels. The first panel that we have is on growing and scaling your business. We have Barry Erber of Barry Lynn Accessories, who is, um, she sells to Harrods, Bergdorf Goodman, Saks Fifth Avenue, Nordstrom's. I mean, she is, you know, all the little like pom-pom hats and sukin bags and all those little things. Um, mm-hmm. She's in, I think, over 6,000 showrooms. 
We have um, uh, Tamar Rosenthal, who is the former CEO or the founder of Dapple Baby, which is a, a manufacturer of baby, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, oh my God, I'm blanking. Um, cleaning products for bottles and, you know, and, the, in, and that type of industry. Okay. Um, we have Saki Dodelson who created Achieve 3000. She's the founder of Achieve 3000, which is a educational platform within schools um, that is differentiated learning. You know, I'm sure you know, Allison, when you have your kids in school, they have like these programs that help them, you know, raise up the, the reading level and the math level. Right. She created the technology for that. Hmm. Um, very cool. So who else is on that panel? Um, we also have uh, Prep and Rally, Deanie Klein. She is going to be on a panel on scaling your, um, sorry, on on observant women in unusual spaces. Hmm. So Prep and Rally is an interesting story. She started her blog as Deanie Delivers, mm -hmm. and she got featured from, from YouTube. She was found on Tastemade, and now she's being featured on um, the Hallmark Channel and on Feed Feed and, you know, Refinery. She's just everywhere. Um, and she's really broken out and made a name for herself outside of the Jewish community. And then she just started Prep and Rally, which is a subscription um, model um, where you prep your food on Sundays and then you have the food the entire week. She's doing very well with that. We also have Tav Furniture, Chayev Krinsky, who is, um, she used to actually be a playgroup Mora. Hmm. And then became her husband was a furniture um, distributor, and they created their own millennial furniture brand. They are now selling, um, oh my gosh, everywhere. Um, you can find her things on Target, on Wayfair, on Burlington, and every single, um, you know, um, overstock. Uh, 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 not overstock, Wayfair, but like Wayfair. she. Way, right, Rayfair, but she has it in like also showrooms. Like she has two showrooms in, in she has two, I'm sorry, um, one in Vegas, one in, um, and one in High Point. Those are her showrooms. She also has six in China, one in Saudi Arabia. She's wow. in, she has these little pop ups in the different, for, like Raymore and Flanagan would have like a pop up in her space. Ashley would have a pop up in her space. So um, it, it's just really amazing what she has done with her brand. Um, who else is on there? We have um, Talia Mashiach, who is also in the tech space. She has something called Eved, which is has revolutionized the event planner for event planning. Um, and then we have, I'm very, actually very, very, very excited about it. Um, we have um, a Shopify representative who's going to be doing a full class on e-commerce and 10x in your revenue. Hmm. Um, I had gone to Samantha's class. Shopify does something in October um, where they travel around the country giving different classes on their platform um, and also just on e-commerce in general. And um, I got her to come to conference, which I'm very, very excited hmm. about. Um, and SD Rand will be there. She is a business consultant. She's been doing really well on LinkedIn. Um, and it's funny, like I, I set up one-on-ones, you know, people could have one-on-one -on -one slots. Um, hers went so fast and then I got emails. I couldn't get in. I couldn't get in. I couldn't get in. <laughs> mm. So, um, SD Rand is a very loved, uh, business consultant and she'd be working with the service-based businesses, giving classes on marketing and growing your, and growth hacking. And then so, I see also Aviva, um, Aviva Weiss is your last speaker, right? Aviva Weiss is from Fun and Function. She, that's a great story. Her husband was uh, learning in Colville. They were in Lakewood. She was, um, 
she was an OT and she saw that there weren't the, when she would open up the different um, magazines to order the toys, they just weren't functional. It's not even that they weren't functional. They just weren't useful. They weren't good. They were made of bad quality. She said something can be changed and she created fun and function, which creates um, a manufacturer's toys um, educational toys for kids with learning disabilities. I mean, learning func um, autism um, and sensory issues. And not only that, but she's learned how to not just create and manufacture the actual toys, but she'll go into different spaces um, like schools and organizations and uh, malls and she'll create actual sensory gyms or sensory spaces for these children very cool so to, all Abby, i don't want to cut you off but we're, we are about out of time so i want to just give the conference one more plug it is may okay. 14th um you can sign up at the jewish entrepreneur.org you are a jewish woman and you want to grow your jewish woman there we go that's singular want to grow your business <laughs> Um, this is a place where you could get support, chizik, maybe some tax-free loan, and uh, become the next Abby Wallen. <laughs> I like that one, Allison. Thanks. <laughs> well, Abby, thank you for your time. This is really a great service to the Jewish community. It really opens up boxes for what Orthodox women can do. I hope that people now understand more what's possible, both on the outside and on the inside, and we wish you much Hatzlacha. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Okay, all the best. And Thanks. you can catch us same time, same place next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>